Welcome to the one and only Circle City Cinema with your host and the one and only Zach Griffith. Hello and welcome back to Circle City Cinema. I am your host, Zach Griffith, and I'm joined again on an Obi-Wan recap by my good friend, co-host of Linsanity, Bryson Shaddy. Yes, back baby, back again with the white vans. Only one more left, Bryce. I know, man. I know. Uh, it's coming to a close. That we know of. That we know of. Yes, we're leaving the door. See, you're getting my hopes up again. You're getting my hopes up I'm only again. doing that because my hopes were up because of announcements or rumors. I don't even know what they are. I don't even know what they are. But suppose what I'm referring to for the listeners is... Ewan McGregor wants to come back as Obi-Wan in, some, in, in a future project, whether it's season two of this show or something else. The thing is, we're running out of... Because within the canon timeline, you're running out of places he can pop up. Right. So Right. But he's very willing to come back, and some unverified accounts on Twitter have said they're talking about a season two at Disney. So I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I won't be mad. No, hell no. Nobody will be mad. But this episode in particular, part five, I felt Bryce, you and I both agreed. This was a desperately needed episode for this show. Desperately needed. It was teetering on book of Django Fett. Oh god. Or uh, or Boba Fett. Sorry, my apologies. We were talking about Django today. We, it was teetering. It's teetering and we were getting towards the end, getting very nervous, but he redeemed itself. We're there good. was there was a lull in the show where similar to Boba Fett, like Bryce mentioned. If you remember in the in the Boba Fett show, Book of Boba Fett, there was a there was like a lull in the middle of the season where just nothing was really happening. Nothing was really happening. It wasn't living up to the hype. And then similar to Boba Fett, boom, a fucking banger of an episode. And that's exactly what we got here. Absolutely. It was it was starting to get boring on it. Like the last episode was boring. Part four was boring. Yeah, I was like, all right, great. I'm glad I grinded this show out. And no, nothing happened. And then now they ramped up the action big time. Vader was featured heavily, heavily in this episode. He's going to be featured heavily in the finale because I shared a tweet with you and Caleb about the rumored runtime for the finale, part six. Yeah. An hour and 18 minutes or something. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it was, it was looking like an hour and a half, I think. Yeah. So, Uh, so, I mean, we, we don't know that. We don't know that for sure. We it is unconfirmed. Sure. We will find out in two days. Well, sign me up if that is the case. Please. Absolutely. Uh, we get some Obi-Wan Reva negotiations. We get Reva's backstory revealed a little bit. Yes, yes. And then the, sh- the episode starts with the banger. It starts with a flashback to what looks like episode two. Of yes. Anakin and Obi-Wan. Miss me on the de-aging 
Um, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. All right. We're going to talk about it. Oh, boy. It's going to be in one of our categories. All right. Oh, oh I see. I see. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. We're going to talk about the de-aging or, or lack thereof. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the finale this week. And then the return of a certain character was featured in this episode as well. The, yes. the, Grand, the Grand Inquisitor. The Grand Inquisitor, who, as we all knew, was not dead. And the writers had to clarify that. They basically they didn't say it outright, but they were like, we won't break canon. And they didn't. We knew. Come on now. They don't disrespect... They don't disrespect, okay? They played they it by the book. That's it. They played it by the book. Things we've seen lately, Bryson. You take it. You take it first. All right. So I finished Ozark. Um, I'm very satisfied with the ending. Um, you know, heads are gonna roll. Typically, when you when you have a uh, a show involving a drug a mighty drug cartel with the FBI's blessing, heads are gonna roll, and heads rolled. It was great. It's a good ending. Depending on who you who you f- have feelings towards, happy, sad, indifferent, whatever. I enjoyed it. Good wrap up for Netflix. Um, I am on to Peaky Blinders. I haven't started the last season yet, but I am on to that. Um, but then, of course, Obi Wan is what I've been watching. I haven't watched a ton of movies lately. I'll be I'll be completely honest. Um, I've been hanging out with the lovely Abigail. We've been watching some of her shows uh, to make up for me watching a lot of basketball. Uh, with now basketball over, I have promised her to watch some shows. The huge. You know, watch some New Girl. Love New Girl. Oh yeah, probably one of the best sitcoms of all time. One of them. So I've heard. Um, I would definitely say probably a top five sitcom. Wow, it's Seinfeld good, man. Friends territory. I don't think Friends is that funny. Like, there's some things where it's funny, but I just Friends tells a good story. Yeah, Seinfeld. It's funny. It's not. I, I don't. I don't crave sitting down and watching Seinfeld though. It's fine. It's fair. It's fine. Big Bang Theory, top five all time. See, no. no. What do you mean, no? You miss me on Big Bang. Oh come me. on! For what? No, you miss me. You miss me. I don't like it. I don't like it. Why don't you like it? I just. I just. I don't think it's funny. Um. And, and coming funny. from you, where where there's a lot of nerd stuff in it. I know. That's why I watched it. I thought I would like it. And I just, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do it. Couldn't get into it. Wow. I, that that kind of shocks me a little bit. Couldn't get into it. Didn't, I didn't like it. I don't like Sheldon. I think he's annoying. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I didn't like it. I didn't like <laughs> it. I don't think Raj is funny. I don't think Howard's funny. Wow. Didn't like it, man. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Okay. Didn't like right. it. Fair enough. Fair enough. No, I'll be I'll be diving into some more things for sure. Um hopefully this summer. Hoping to go see a movie maybe this weekend. So nice. uh, I'm, I'm gonna get back into it. I'm gonna get back, I'm gonna get back into it. I've been slacking a little bit on some newer content um and some stuff I haven't seen yet. So we'll get there. We'll get there. Sweet. Uh I saw Lightyear on Saturday. Me and the lovely Abigail went and saw Lightyear. Another solid Pixar film. 
It was actually, I have a surprising stat here, Bryce. Okay. The first Pixar film released in theaters since March, 2020. Wow. When Onward was released. Wow. Onward. Not a bad, not a bad flick, man. Onward's good. Onward's not bad at all. Onward's good. Uh, Surprising plot twist in Lightyear. Very surprising plot twist. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah. I did not expect it. Uh, it was the first Pixar movie to be filmed in IMAX. Is Zerg uh, awesome? Is he still awesome? Yes. Yes, Zerg is on steroids in this in this movie. It's an awesome, yeah, awesome. I thought it was an awesome movie. Uh, the plot, for those who don't know, it's the movie that the Buzz Lightyear toy is based on in the in the Toy Story movies. And they they it's kind of nice. They clarify it in the uh, in the opening. They say there's like a little caption on the beginning, and it says in 1995, Andy was given a Buzz Lightyear toy. It was from his favorite movie. This is that movie. It says something like that. So for people who aren't who were confused about what the movie was about, it clarifies it at the beginning. As a as a mega Buzz Lightyear fan when I was a kid, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Buzz Lightyear, my favorite Pixar character. I think he's I think he's the flagship Pixar character. And quite frankly, I don't think it's close. I don't think it's close. Oh. Buzz Lightyear. Wow. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, it was beat out by Jurassic World at the weekend box office. Disgusting. It still made eighty five million, but it was, it was beat out. Bryson, I'm curious, who's your favorite Pixar character? I mean, it'd probably have to be Buzz, too. Um, I mean, I watched a lot of Toy Story myself, and I always thought he was, he was pretty cool. I mean, I like Woody, too. Yeah, Woody's fun. I think Woody's up there with, with Buzz. Yeah, they're the two. They're definitely I, the I, two. Yeah. They started it. Yeah, the voices work well together. Yeah. That's what you think of. That's definitely what you think of. You think of Pixar, you think of Toy Story. At least I do. Yeah. Uh, Stranger Things. I'm almost to season four. I have two more episodes left in season three. Yeah, baby. What do you think of season three so far? Dude, dude, there were some spine tinglers. Good. Yeah. Good. I, here's a couple I had. Here's a couple I had. Like locked in, edge of my seat. Like, what? The, holy shit. Like, I'm, dude, it's such good writing, man. I it, it gets me. They go to the well every single season, and they always find a way to rope me in. Every time. Yes. I'm not bored. No. It's here's, insane. Here's a couple I'm talking about. Jonathan and Nancy attacked in the hospital by the newspaper guys and, and the monster. Yeah. Intense. And then a Billy versus Eleven fight at the uh, at the swimming pool, where she throws you, Billy through the brick wall. Do you feel for Billy after seeing the flashback of his mom? Yes, I, I feel I feel for him. I so your opinion has changed. Yes, they do that very well too with characters who start off as assholes and then and then you're you're rooting for them. Yeah, you, you know, like like Steve. Like yeah. Steve's just like a good dude now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. Yeah. Like, how do you not like Steve? 
Yeah, the Russians. We have the Russians involved. Yes. Like, dude, it's and some relatable stuff. Like when her, when uh, my hawk and Steve are on Hi. the yes, when when they're on the floor talking in the in the interrogation room. Like some relatable stuff. Like when you're when you're in high school and you're moving to college, like it's absolutely your uh, mindset changes, and you realize none of that shit mattered. No, dude, it's good writing, man. Yeah, the Duffers, man. I'm I'm telling you, Zach. By the time you get done with season four, or you get into it, I'm telling you, you're gonna be leaning top five all time. I'm already I'm, there. I'm already there. I I think it's better than Game of Thrones. I already have it ahead of Game of Thrones. I I'm not gonna push back on that. Not gonna I push like back Game on- of Thrones. I like Game of Thrones a lot. But it didn't stick the land. Do you feel like Game of Thrones is, is slightly overrated? People that say it's the greatest show of all time need to slow their roll. And quite frankly, they need to shut the fuck up because they haven't seen enough TV. <laughs> they haven't seen enough TV. There's some great, <laughs> some of the best character arcs in TV history. Yes. In Game of Thrones. Some of the best. Absolutely. Characters. One of the most creative shows ever one of the best adaptations of a material ever but i just think you know you didn't stick the landing and you have to stick the landing if you look at if you look at like my top three greatest shows of all time are sopranos breaking bad and the wire and they all stuck the landing they all stuck the landing some people still want to argue with the sopranos but it wasn't a bad ending. Like if you really look into it and you look at, if you go, if you're a degenerate like myself and you go watch interviews on YouTube with the writers, they leave like subtle hints and they, you can figure it out. Like the creator of the Sopranos, David Chase even says like, I think it's pretty obvious what happened to him. He says that. So, and then breaking bad, of course, maybe the best ending to a show of all time. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. But I, I, and, and this is the thing is we have one more season of stranger right. things. That's what right? I'm saying. Season it five has to stick the land. And, and I think, I, but I have, I have no reason to believe that it won't. Me neither. Right. Me neither. I'm not even concerned about it. A good way to predict it is looking at season finales and the, every season finale that I've seen yeah. so far, the two that I've seen. Amazing. Absolutely. So I don't see. Oh, Zach, I can't wait for you to finish season three and I want to hear your thoughts. And then I want to hear, you know, when you get through season four, oh man, it's just, oh, well, I saw the title of the season three finale and I saw how long it was. It's an awesome title. Yeah. Battle Battle for Starcore Mall. Yeah. Oh yeah. baby. Hour and 18 minutes. Yes. Yes. I'm going to try and watch it tonight. Yes. So, oh, it's so good. It's, You're inspiring me to go back and rewatch them all now. It's probably, I mean, there's a lot of great Netflix original shows, but it, it's probably the best one that I've seen. This is the staple. It's absolutely the staple. It's absolutely the staple. And quite frankly, they should be very thankful that season four came out this year because they needed it badly. They needed it desperately. Yeah, well, it came out a good I, hustle. They've nailed this hustle. month so far. They've nailed this month. The, yeah, this I year. Think the gray man has the potential. Yes, we will see. 
they needed this. They needed Ozark. They needed Hustle. They needed uh, uh, what was the other one? The Gacy tapes. They needed all that. They needed all that stuff. So, I mean, they're losing subscribers, and this is a good way to to bring them back. We're getting new ones. Yeah. Uh, yesterday on Father's Day, my dad wanted to watch a movie. We actually watched two movies. We watched first one we watched was Pawn Sacrifice, which is a biopic of Bobby Fischer, the the uh, American chess player. Why? 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 I don't know. I don't know. You didn't. So I'm guessing because you didn't mention this to me today when you were telling me well, what I was you saving watched. It for this. I was saving. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I'll wait and hear what you have to say <laughs> then. We were just flip. My dad loves Prime. He loves Prime Video. So we were flipping. Oh, that explains is, this. Which is probably my least favorite streaming service. This explains least, everything. My least used streaming service. <laughs> but of course, it's his day, so I'm not going to make suggestions. So I'm just going to be. Yeah. Like, but he's flipping through the movies and he comes he comes to this one and he's like what's this Bobby Fisher and I was like yeah I heard it's pretty good which I had I had heard is pretty good so we watched it outstanding film really an outstanding film I don't even know how to play chess I don't even know the first thing about chess and uh, really it was an outstanding movie I knew very little about Bobby Fisher and I found when the movie was over, I was looking him up. I was looking up the history of the competition. Like it was awesome. Great performance from my boy, Toby Maguire. Oh, that's why you liked it. As Bobby Fisher. I'm not. Okay. No, no. This is, this is, you're pushing the Toby no, agenda. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. It's, it was a great performance from Toby. That's what this is. It was actually his is. last live action. This movie came out in 2015. It was his last live action performance until No Way Home came out last year. So this man took six years off from acting and came back. This was a... I honestly don't know why you didn't get nominated for an Oscar for this movie. I went back and looked at the nominees... Ryan Cranston, love the guy. Love the guy to death. One of the greatest television actors we've ever had. Television. Come on. He was in Godzilla, goddammit. Okay, not great. Listen, he was nominated for a movie called Trumbo this year. Did you ever hear of Trumbo, Bryce? I did hear of it, yes. Okay. Have you ever seen it? I have not. You ever wanted to see it? Uh, I can't say that I do. So I'm telling you, this movie, which uh, the Oscars love biopics. They love biopics of famous people, which is probably why Austin Butler is going to get nominated for Elvis, no matter how good the movie is, no matter how good the movie is. And because Tom Hanks is in it, that helps him. But I don't understand why he wasn't nominated. It was an outstanding, it was probably his best performance. Well, can I, can I plug here real quick? So I'm, I looked it up on IMDb because I was just curious. Seven and, out of ten, um, I think. It is seven out of 10, but uh, one of the writers, Stephen Knight, uh, I trust that dude. If anyone is familiar with Peaky Blinders, um, he wrote that. Um, He is very involved in that project. Uh, So, yeah, I can imagine that it's it's probably good. I do still feel like you're pushing the Toby narrative, which is fine. That's that's your thing. Partial. 
that's your thing. You know, that's what you're going to do. You're going to push Toby it's on all of us. Partial. I'm I'm 100% serious in saying I think it's best performance of his career. Best performance of his career. Uh, he plays Bobby Fischer, who, if you don't know too much about Bobby Fischer, which I didn't before I saw this movie, you, he's very mentally unstable. He had a lot of controversial views and he was very picky. Like there's a scene in the movie in the match to become world champion. He makes demands where the game has to be played in the ping pong room of the building they're in because the cameras are making too much noise in the, in the auditorium where the game was and the cameras, you can barely hear them. You can barely hear him. So he, he's just, he, fun fact, not really a fun fact, pretty terrible fact. I found <laughs> out he's a Holocaust denier. Oh, yeah. Wow. Good guy. Huh? He, after he won the world champion match against the Russian champion, Boris Spassky, who was played by Liev Schreiber. I Another like Schreiber. Uh, he basically went into hiding for 15 years. It didn't come out again until the 90s where he played Spassky again and beat him again. So uh, it's an awesome movie directed by Edward Zwick, who is famous for making war movies. He made Glory, he made Defiance, and he made Blood Diamond. So I was really surprised when the credits rolled that he made this. But I thought it was a great movie. Definitely, definitely worth a watch. One of the best biopics that I've seen. Um, and then we watched another biopic, King Richard. It's a fine movie. It's a fine movie. It's on HBO if you want to watch it. Um, definitely an Oscar-worthy performance by Will Smith. Uh, but that's, that's all I got to say about it. I mean, I don't know. There's nothing really to say. Are you going to watch it again? No. <laughs> it's Fair way enough. too long. It was like 224. Oh, wow. Way too long. Wow, wow, wow. But it's a decent movie. And then the news, Bryson. We have yes, sir. John Favreau. Well deserved. Will receive a well deserved star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Absolutely. Absolutely. Elf, Iron Man, slash Avengers, you know, Marvel, Star Wars. Absolutely. Absolutely. He deserves it. Like Bryce said, he did Elf. He did Iron Man 1 and 2. He launched the MCU. He launched the MCU. Uh, some other movies, those are definitely the most famous movies he's directed. He wrote the movie Swingers, which is a very famous movie from the 90s. Uh, Friends appearances. Friends appearances. Sopranos appearances. Oh. Yeah. Uh, plays himself in The Sopranos. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, great movie on Netflix called Chef. Heard of it. That he Heard it's good. And starred in. Have you seen it? Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. And then uh, a blast from the past, Bryson. Zathura. Oh, yes. Oh, uh, yes. Zathura. Is it me or was the marketing for that, the, mar- the, the budgeting, the budget for marketing had to be massive? Because, I mean, that thing was everywhere, dude. Thorough. Everywhere. It bad. It's not a bad flick. Young Josh Hutcherson. What happened to that guy? Dude, uh, 
I don't know. I don't know. He got his checks from the Hunger Games, and, they, and my he lord, he did disappear, didn't he? Uh, but yeah, I feel like there's somebody. Oh, Kristen Stewart is she in that? She's in that, right? Yes, they're her. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dax Shepard. Yes, yes, Dax. Tim Robbins. Oh, I'm looking at it now. Didn't make a profit. Didn't make a profit. Seriously? Yeah, probably because he spent so much on marketing. Six point two out budget. of ten. Oh, it was better. That's not terrible, though. It's not terrible. Oh, I didn't know this part. It's a standalone spinoff of the 1999 film Jumanji. I didn't know that. Interesting. That kind of makes me sad knowing that, though. Was Zathura a game in Jumanji? Well, okay, no. It was it was a book written by Chris Van Allsburg, who also wrote Jumanji, I uh, believe. Okay. So, okay, I guess that kind of makes sense. Oh, I see this now. Yeah, I see this. It was better than 6.2. Come on. Come on. Totally forgot Tim Robbins was in it. Come on. Written by David Kep, who wrote Jurassic Park. He wrote Mission Impossible. He wrote the first Spider-Man movie. Very prolific. This could have been, I could see this being ahead of its time a little bit. Probably. I bet if it came out today, be more of an audience for it. Well, yeah, because was a weird, that was a bad movie year. Yeah. But also we don't get a lot of originals anymore. And this was kind of an original. I feel like it do extremely well. This might be a Netflix movie nowadays. I don't know. Yeah. That, that makes me sad. I don't know. Good movie. Deserves better than six. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, but John Favreau getting a star, uh, and not to mention, like Bryce said, revitalize the Star Wars universe along with Dave Filoni. So, Dave Filoni star should be right next to John absolutely. Favreau. They did it. They did it together. Uh, the first trailer for Blonde yes. was released last yes. week. Yes. Speaking of biopics, <laughs> this is a yes Marilyn Monroe biopic. Starring Any Anna chance. DeArmas as Marilyn Monroe. Any chance she gets a nomination, Zach? Are you gonna Are you gonna uh, say the the Academy is gonna find this distasteful? Yeah, I'm gonna say no. Because it's gonna make them look bad. It's gonna make. Yeah. Which is why I thought clearly the Academy did not understand Mank because they got shat on that whole movie. The whole industry of Hollywood got shat on that whole movie, and they nominated for a shitload of Oscars. So clearly they did not understand the movie because (laughs) so I'm thinking they're going to show how Hollywood pushed Marilyn Monroe into all these bad habits that eventually was her undoing. And it's just going to be. Come on. She was killed by, she was killed by the government. Killed by the Kennedys. It's a popular theory. It's a popular theory. Can't I mean, you know I'm a conspiracy theorist with everything. Yes. Yeah. Oh yes. You can't rule it out. I haven't read into it enough to I bet you will up. after you watch this. I probably will. I probably will. I wonder how they're gonna do that, but Yeah, that's gonna be interesting. Uh, I wonder who's playing JFK. I wonder because he has to be in this movie. He has to be. He has to be. Take a take a gander. But Anyway, proceed. 
Yeah, while you're doing that, it's rated NC-17. It's the first film with this rating to be released on a streaming fl- uh, platform. It's going to be released on Netflix on September 23rd. For those who've only heard of NC-17 and don't know what it means, it's the most aggressive rating in the Motion, Motion Picture Association of America rating system. It's a step ahead of R. So NC-17... This is the literal definition. Adults only, no one under 17 admitted. Okay, Zach. So I'm taking a look at this cast here. And there are some people that are that do not have titles yet. Um couple of things a couple stand out. Do. Yep. Yep. So yeah, a couple that stand out. Adrian Brody as the playwright. So they're not gonna give they're not going to specify one of them as JFK. It's gonna be like the president. <laughs> Like Bobby Canvalli is the ex-athlete. I would assume that's going to be Joe DiMaggio. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, <laughs> this one just made me laugh. Uh, there is a cast member that is labeled the president's pimp. <laughs> uh, but but my assumption is Garrett Dillahunt. Uh, he's untitled at the moment, uh, but he's pretty he's pretty high up here on the cast list. I would assume he's probably going to be JFK. Um, yeah. that would be my assumption and guess. So yeah. we'll see. Oh no, no, no. Here we go. The, as the president, Caspar Philipson, huh. um, looking, he was the European and mission impossible fallout. He actually played JFK in the movie, Jackie, uh, starring Natalie Portman. I have, so there you go before. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, I probably won't know him from anything else, if I'm being completely honest with you. Yeah. So he's played it before. So Which also leads me to believe that this may be a very short part. Yeah, it could be very short. Uh, I think they're going to focus more on her ex-husbands, which Adrian Brody has Arthur Miller, who, a very for those who don't know, a very famous playwright, was, I believe, Marilyn Monroe's second husband, first or second husband. Uh, and then Bobby Cannavale is Joe DiMaggio, who everybody knows Joe DiMaggio. Uh, that that will be interesting. Directed by Andrew Dominic, who frequent collaborator with Brad Pitt, who's a producer on this movie. Uh, he directed The Assassination of Jesse James, which is a great movie. And he directed Killing Them Softly. Oh, one gross. of you don't like it? No, I didn't like it. Oh, oh. No, I didn't like it. One of James Gandolfini's last movies. Uh, an on it's on Netflix if you want to watch it. Um, release this movie is coming out on Netflix on September twenty third. Surprisingly long runtime, two hours forty six minutes. Netflix and long movies. Name a better duo. You can't do it. I mean. An NC-17 movie that's almost three hours long. It's kind of scary. Um, I'm intrigued by it. I've been intrigued by it ever since it was announced. I just... I don't know. I don't know. Definitely going to watch. Definitely going to watch. But to answer your question about the Academy, probably not. They're probably not going to... I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be very interesting to see what they do. How they react to it. Uh... Next bit of news, Samuel L. Jackson, 
says he's done doing Oscar bait movies. Here's a direct quote from him. I think people have probably seen this quote. Yeah. Uh, I'm not doing statue chasing movies. You know, if you do this movie, you'll win an Oscar. No, thanks. I'd rather be Nick Fury or having fun being Mace Windu with a lightsaber in my hand. Is he opening the door for a return? Oh, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. We've been talking about this. We've been talking about this. <laughs> Gotta hope but so. but here's, what, here's what I want to say to this. In my opinion, I have not seen it, but his latest movie to come out on Apple TV, it's called The Life of Ptolemy Gray, I think is what it is. I feel like that was his, his you know, hat in the ring for maybe an Oscar nomination. So I don't know. I, I know he says he's done. I think there's a potential. Well, I saw another quote from him that said the last, uh, he said the last good chance I had at an Oscar was when I played Samuel and Django Unchained. Yeah. Yeah, which I didn't feel like that that uh, that role does not that it didn't deserve an Oscar, but it wasn't it would have been a supporting yeah. actor. I yeah. mean, but that's not I, I don't feel like that's the that's which what I everybody mean, wants, you know. I, he should have I mean everybody knows he should have won for pulp fiction and he didn't. But they gave him an honorary one, right? This year. Yeah, but that's like a consolation prize. Nobody oh, absolutely it is. It's like a career achievement. It's it's bullshit. It's bullshit basically. He you know he knows it's bullshit. That's why he said this. That's why he said this. But what I took from it is he's opening the door for a mace return. He knows his career is <clears throat> it's dwindling. It's in the twilight. He's in the twilight of his career. Swan song is coming. The swan song is coming. What better swan song than reprising your iconic role? As Mace Windu. That's right. In a Star Wars project. That's right. Disney, pick up the phone. Yes. Pick up the phone and start dialing. Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> uh, speaking of Game of Thrones, Bryson, I don't know if you'll care about this, but... I know people are outraged about this. Jon Snow spinoff series announced. Are you pissed? I'm just not... Like, or you don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I think they they bungled the ending. They bungled the ending massively. And they don't they they're they're trying to make up for it. They're trying to make up for it. Is are we getting too much? Are we getting too much got content? Because we're having House of the Dragon later this year, later this summer. We're having this. There's uh, I believe there's an animated series coming out on HBO. Like, two of them, actually. Two of them. Like, you don't have to... I believe there's eight projects that are coming, I mean, including Kit, House of the Dragon. Kit Harrington's movie career is not going great, so that could be a factor. Well, when you go play in the Eternals, well, I mean... I mean, it's not great. Tell me. Yeah. But then again, it's H- it's been HBO's cash cow. It has been ever since it's come out. So, but, but that's my thing about HBO is like, you don't mess with it. You don't mess with it. You you don't, they have, they messed with the Sopranos other than, you know, the prequel movie, which they really haven't, which, which you're telling me is equally as good. 
It was pretty good. I right. Have they done anything with the wire? No, no. The closest thing would be uh, that Burnthal show that you said you watched. Yeah, and that's really not. It's a totally separate thing. Like yeah, that was actually based on a true story, right? That's not even. It's just Baltimore police corruption, you know, which I know they cover in the wire extensively. But I just the great shows. The you just don't. You you don't mess with it unless you got a surefire winner. Case in point: Breaking Bad. They did it with Better Call Saul, and it's and it's good. I, I'm not saying it's Breaking Bad good, but it's it's excellent. It's a worthy follow up. Absolutely. Yeah. So if the rest of these Game of Thrones things suck, let's say House of the Dragon sucks. I mean, you're in trouble for the rest of the content that's coming out. I mean, because that's a precursor. I understand the Game of Thrones universe is a massive universe. There's a lot of content to work with there. But you had a great thing for a, literally a decade. The show was on from 2011 to 2019. Yeah, literally well, a decade. Speaking of watch parties, that's probably the last show to have watch party. I know I was breaking bad, but I totally forgot about this. People were having watch parties for this. Yes. Yes. I mean, the last season of this was a massive deal. It was a massive deal. And people waited, I think, two years to see it. It was a massive fucking deal. You had a great thing. You didn't quite land the ending, but it doesn't change how great the show was. Like, the show's... People are going to be talking about that show forever. Like, you don't need to... You don't you don't need to try and fix the ending, quote unquote, fix the ending by shoving these I don't know. I don't know. I just I do think House of the Dragon will be good and I'm looking forward to that. Just because that family in that universe was an often talked about family. But in Game of Thrones, they had already been vanquished. So they were talked about as the Targaryens, they were talked about as a legendary family that fell. So I'm curious to see what they do with that. So I think House of the Dragon will be good, but Jon Snow spinoff series, you can miss me. It's all right. It's all right. Probably won't watch it. We'll see if it even happens. It's, it's only been announced. It's in development. A lot of things go in development. Uh, this isn't really news. I thought it was interesting. Al Pacino said he would cast Timothy Chalamet as Vincent Hanna if he was made today. Interesting. This isn't this isn't it. This isn't mine, but please don't remake me. Heat. Please don't remake Heat. Well, yes, don't do that, but also miss me on that. I don't think Chalamet can do that. Look, I respect Chalamet. I respect what he does. He's, you know, as hot as uh, as an actor can get right now, but no. 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 You can't deliver lines. The only thing I'm going to be looking for is, is Al Pacino. How close are you to him? And right. let me tell you, no one's going to get close to, to that performance and the delivery that he does. I Yeah, I just don't see it. Yeah, I, it this is stupid. Why are we even talking about this? This is silly. Then we had uh, another bit of minor, minor news. Dakota Fanning has been cast alongside Denzel and the Equalizer 3. I like this franchise. I do too. It's, a guilty, it's a guilty, yeah. Brainless, guilty pleasure. Denzel Absolutely. cashing checks in his Twilight. Yeah, Swan Song, no problem, man. <laughs> Can't blame him. Can't blame him. Because he never really did blockbusters. He was always 
in either like a Spike Lee movie or a Oscar some, kind of movie, some calm action movie. Yeah, like Man on Fire or in, in uh, Inside Man movies like that. Both great movies, by the way. Uh, and then finally, before we get into the episode, the Bryce Shaddy Memorial Please Miss Me Award. Uh, I'll go first if you don't mind. Uh, please. I saw this on Twitter today and I was like, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And it pisses me off too. When these old head journalists, quote unquote journalists who cover entertainment in Hollywood, they love when they have nothing else to write about and nothing better to do with their time. They say they, they cook up an article where the titles basically this beloved movie actually sucks. And then they write about it. Like I saw an article when Jurassic world came out, somebody wrote this about Jurassic park and said, Jurassic park sucks. And I'm like, who the fuck are you kidding? Who take it down, take it down. You're going (laughs) to any credentials you had are going to be revoked. Like, dude, I've seen articles like this about back to the future. I've seen articles like this about Raiders, Raiders of the Lost Ark, like bona fide classics. And what what are you trying to prove? Jaws? I've seen it about Jaws. Jaws. Okay. I don't understand. I don't understand. Like Saving Private Ryan. Oh, come on. Those are all Spielberg movies I just mentioned. Yeah, they did. (laughs) I'm trying to think of a non-Spielberg I've seen it about. Goodwill Hunting? Seen about Goodwill Hunting? Oh, come on. You think Goodwill Hunting suck Pulp Fiction? Okay. Okay. Like I get if you don't if you don't like it it's fine. But just don't don't get on your platform and write a a, a, a bullshit article about hey, it actually sucks. I don't like it so it sucks. Shut up. Shut up. <sighs> I digress. You definitely, definitely digress there. Okay, Zach. So um, I sent this to you, I think, last night, sometime this weekend, sometime this weekend. Um, We're still waiting on uh, the announcement of Quentin Tarantino's final film. There's been rumors. There's been talks. Please no Star Trek, please. Right. Um, Other than Star Trek, we really didn't have a lot. No. Uh, except one film that is apparently dead now and very disappointing. I'm, I'm angry about it. Jared Carmichael, who was a uh, co-writer for the script and the story on this with Quentin Tarantino, has publicly now said that this project is dead. I'll tell you why in a minute. But it's a Django Zorro crossover film. Yeah. And Antonio Banderas was in line to reprise the role. Wow. Jamie Foxx in line to reprise the role. Zach, I can't tell you how epic this would probably be if this was actually put into production. But no, but no, but no, but no. Because studios once again get in the way. Zach, you can actually absolutely miss me on studios that cut it because of budget issues, quote unquote. And that's what happened in this film. 
The budget apparently was too high, therefore it was cut. It is dead now. Absolute joke. Why isn't why isn't Tarantino getting an open checkbook for his last film? For for and we know Django Unchained was made crazy money. It's his highest crazy money. Yeah, it's Tarantino's highest grossing movie. You're gonna make the money back, believe me. Yeah, believe me, you're gonna make it back. Four hundred million. Yeah, yeah. Box office four hundred and twenty-five million. The budget was a hundred million. I mean, how much is Quentin actually asking for? Two hundred million. You're telling me he's not gonna. You're not at least gonna break even. You're gonna make money on off that. And like you said, it's his last movie. It's literally the man's swan song. I mean, and he wants to go with a bang. I usually say that in a mocking way. I'm not saying in a mocking way. It's literally his swan song. He wants to go out of the bang, like you said. Like, just give him a, give him the, give him the whole checkbook. Give him the whole checkbook. Just be like, here. It's here you go. a joke. It's an absolute joke. Who was that? I'm curious. Was it Sony? Because his last movie was through Sony. Uh, he doesn't work with. Uh, I actually didn't see. He doesn't work with Miramax anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's probably a good idea. Uh, let me see here. Yeah, very good idea. Uh, buh, 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 buh. Actually, I think Miramax might have folded. Yeah, that's not surprising either. No, oh, I'm trying. Go around. No, oh, ew. Let me look here. Let me look. Uh, yeah, it appears it might be Sony. Sony just got all that Spider-Man money. Yeah, they I have don't. The money. They have the money. Well, and, and, and Sony Fuck needs off. to get off just trying to make like random, like Spider-Man universe things and actually put something into like a, a nice original that made by a legendary director. That's hey, going to be his last movie. He Whiplash. wants to work with you and you won't let him. Whiplash was a Sony movie. Yeah, and Chazelle's a top-notch director. Yeah, I bet they, they gave him. They made money off of, off of Morbius, even though it sucked. They made money off it. Like they have the money, they have the money. They're hoarding it. Well, I did see that. Uh, apparently, Craven the Hunter is going to be filmed. The whole thing's going to be filmed on on location. Hmm. Good. No CGI. So I'm wondering if, you know, there might be some, you know, some money issues there, but this is, this is silly. This is silly. You give him the money, you bring Jamie Foxx in, you bring Antonio Banderas in, you, you bring Kerry Washington back in, which where's she been? I don't know. You make this movie. I mean, this is what, this is what fans are asking for. Right. I mean, it's no different than the Spider-Man thing. You bring all the Spider-Mans back. Bring bring back Jamie Foxx and Django and probably his best one of his best roles. Would you be opposed to Kill Bill Volume Three being his last movie? I would. I would oh, only wow. <laughs> tough, but I would only because I felt like it ended really well. It did end really well. Kill Bill Two is one of my favorite movies, and I feel like you'd only just be like reaching in Volume Three, you know, with like the kid, you know, if you got some kids, and uh, actually, who's really the villain? I don't know if Uma would work with him again. Yeah, that too. He wasn't very nice to Uma. <laughs> he was not. No, he was not. That culture was a. Uh, it's a toxic you know, work environment. You're not great. 
great product. Great product. But not a great work environment. I'm not talking like no no Weinstein shit. Not that. No. It was just like being being mean. Yeah. No, no harassing. Just I mean, are there any sequels that you want to see from from Tarantino? I don't know that there is. I don't think you could do a sequel pulp. Maybe you could. Don't no. Maybe Reservoir. Well, there was something in development a long time ago called the Vega Brothers, which Vince Ooh. Vega, who is John Travolta in yeah. fiction, and then Vic Vega, who is Mr. Blonde. The crazy, the crazy one in Reservoir Dogs, the guy who cut the policeman's ear off. That sounds kind of fun. They are supposedly brothers, and then Quentin wanted to do a movie on them, but obviously probably can't do it now. Travolta's old. Yeah, Mad- right. Madsen, Madsen is. Older. Madsen is is he out of jail yet? I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But. Oh, probably the only ones I'd do a sequel to. I mean, the only one I would do a sequel to probably Kill Bill. But then you have the Uma thing where it probably won't work with them. I think they're on good terms now, but I just don't. I think it's like understood they won't. They're done. They're done. Right. Sad. They owe each other a lot because Uma was awesome in Pulp. Quentin discovered Uma and then Uma was awesome in Kill Bill. So yeah. They owe each other a lot. I can watch that. Me too. Kill Bill is awesome. Kill Bill is fucking awesome. Uh, all right. Let's get Let's into it. To the episode. Man, this is a fucking good episode. We start out with a bang. A bang, Bryce. We have Obi-Wan and Anakin training and lightsaber combat on the planet of Coruscant. This appears to take place sometime during or after episode two, probably during, uh, during attack of the clones. Obi-Wan shits on Anakin for his aggressive tactics. This little flashback kind of goes in and out throughout the episode, but he shits on Anakin for his aggressive tactics. Anakin, says mercy will not defeat the enemy master and he's right we know he's right but it's not the it's not the jedi way the jedi who promote themselves as peacekeepers not warriors they they take a holier approach to fighting than like the sith do the sith are fighting to kill the jedi are fighting until a surrender and Anakin doesn't, he doesn't like that. And as we can tell in his future endeavors, he, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't like to surrender. Oh, <laughs> uh, instant chills when that the episode starts and it's Anakin with his Padawan braid, uh, his back facing you when the episode starts. I mean, it was awesome, Bryce. Oh man. I mean, it took you back. I mean, this is now I know we complained about it, right? Why'd you bring Hayden Christensen back if you're not going to use him? Yeah. Well, they finally, we finally got it. We finally got it. And, um, no, it's just refreshing to see. 
it's just it's so fun it brings you back to when you were watching attack of the clones and and yeah it, it was just it was a great little scene there uh i thought the uh the lightsaber you know little dual skill challenge thing i thought that was really cool really well done really really well choreographed so i enjoyed that scene and it was throughout the entire show so you kind of got it got a little bit here and there you know and it just kind of made you smile you know that overlap with Vader and Obi-Wan in the present. Uh, it did make you smile. And like you said, the CGI did Christensen no favors. Uh, they didn't even do the de-aging. They didn't even do it. No, no. And it was really he hard looked, to he sell. 40. Yeah, it was hard to sell to me. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. It was a little hard to sell. but Well, honestly, I didn't care. Yeah, that's the thing. They knew that, too. They knew yeah. they, we wouldn't care. They knew nobody would give a shit. Aiden Christensen, for the record, 41 years old. <laughs> 41 years old. Let's see how old Ewan is. Probably close to 50. 51. 51. Ewan looks like he could still ball out, though, man. Ewan, I was more taken aback at how old Hayden looked compared. I thought Ewan actually looked okay. Yeah. Hayden, I was like, damn, this guy. He looks like he, yeah, he got a little puffy in the face, man. Puffy? Like some. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but he looked old, which I mean, you know, going back to No Way Home, Toby looked old. Like, yeah. Just, it has been like happens. 20, it's happens. Been 20 years since episode two. So, of course. Uh, Vader then promotes Reva to the Grand Inquisitor, rewards her for tracking down Obi-Wan and Leia to a planet called Jabim where a rebel hideout is located. Bryce, was this episode the best use of Reva so far in the series? Yeah, so far. I mean, you gave the character some depth, you know, as we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Um, Yeah, I mean, it kind of shows a lot of things make sense when you get the reveal. And I like the little plot twist. Uh, You know, again, we'll talk about it, but I think so. I think so. I, I really liked it. And Jabim, let me just say real quick before I forget, side note, give O'Shea Jackson Jr. his flowers. Okay, man, he is fine. He's fine actor. He's a good actor, man. If you've seen Dennis, have you seen Dennis Thieves? No. Zach. No, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't Zach. You have to see Den of yes, Thieves. I know. It's on I'm the list. I'm telling you, dude, it's good. You like plot twists? Yes. Watch that. Watch that. A sequel is in development. Yeah, and I'm going to watch it. Good movie, man. O'Shea Jackson Jr., baby. He was good in, in Straight Outta Compton. He was good in Den He of was Thieves. awesome in Straight Outta Compton. And he is good in Obi-Wan, man. I am down for it. Anyways, sorry about my side note. No, please. I agree with you. Ooh. I agree with you. He needs his flowers. Straight out of Compton was a banger of a movie. Yeah, it was, one of the best. It was pretty good. One of the best biopics that we've ever had. I'll just say it. One of the best. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was awesome. That was awesome. I have it in 4K for some reason. Not a 4K worthy movie, but definitely not. I could have definitely gone Blu-ray there. I <laughs> I got it on sale at Discreet Play, so I was like, fine, fine. <laughs> okay, that's acceptable then. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Best use of Reva so far. Interesting backstory, which we will get into in just just a little bit. Uh, 
The Empire forces arrive to ransack the rebel facility. They do just that uh, pretty quickly, too. They deactivate the overhead escape doors so the rebels can't go anywhere. And Obi-Wan is tasked with negotiating an escape, if he's able to, uh, to stall. He negotiates with Reva, where he discovers she actually knows Darth Vader's identity as Anakin Skywalker, which is another thing that never dawned on me that people wouldn't know who he was. Right. Yeah. Like I get, yeah, it makes sense. You wouldn't know who he was. He, he's under a mask. Like you've probably never seen him without the mask. And if you did, would you even recognize him? Right. Like, <laughs> uh, she knows Vader's identity because she was present at the Jedi temple as a youngling when order 66 took place ties into the flashback we saw in the pilot episode where the younglings were uh, running from order 66. Then we get a chilling flashback to Reva coming a child, a youngling Reva coming face to face with Anakin who again, not (laughs) de-aged face to face with Anakin and the clone troopers at the temple Anakin, uh, a little thing they could have tweaked. Give him the Sith yellow. Give him the Sith eyes. It's fair. It's fair. He had it in the movie. Fair. But otherwise, a great flashback. Really, really chilling. Really chilling. Because you can yeah. see, like, he's, yeah, he's not, he's not coming back. No, no. I mean, really well done. Really good camera work. Really good directing there. But, I mean, good plot twist. Um, I didn't pick up on that. I I usually don't pick up on stuff like that, but I also like to be surprised and enjoy it. So maybe that's just me, but I mean, and it explains the rage and the anger in Riva uh, that she displays in the first, you know, four episodes. I mean, it explains a lot, right? I mean, she's upset. Explains a whole lot. I can understand why. Also, my thing is like, how'd she not die? You know, I mean, that's that's right. that's the crazier thing. Uh, she had and, to just play dead. I think she might have even said. Well, and, and why didn't she just? Why didn't she just? You know, get out of there, right? Join the the rebellion. That's not the rebellion yet. And Obi Wan, you know, starts up the whole Jedi program again. I don't know. That, that's something that I feel like it, it's a missed opportunity, but it's not canon. You know, right. that's that's where you can't work it in. And that's, you know, where you develop these nice little storylines that I think are are interesting. Right. So yeah. um, I'm fine with it. I, I wish I, I wish something different, but we can't. We can't. We can't. Uh, but a great callback. I love when shows do this where they'll show you. Uh, actually, Better Call Saul does this or Breaking Bad did this. Like, yeah. They did it over the course of a season, but they showed you like the season of the plane crash. They showed you the teddy yep. bear in the yep. in the pool. And then they showed you the bodies in the driveway and you're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and then it all ties together at the end of the season, which, you know, we got this order 66 flashback in the pilot and now we get resolution. We know what it was. We know what the, we know what the, we just get we get a resolution. We know what she had to do with it. Uh, Reva reveals why she joined the Inquisitors. She was trying to gain Vader's favor in order to kill him, not to serve him. Get revenge for her fellow younglings. 
Yeah, I mean, you're telling me Darth Vader didn't know. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. He knew. He said he knew. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, that's um, like, Reva, you're kind of dumb. Kind of dumb. The plan fell apart. Quickly. Fell apart. Quickly. Quickly. Very quickly. Very quickly. She didn't plan out her attack on Vader. No, that was very poor. Like her actual lightsaber attack didn't plan it up. No. Plan it up. The part of her getting revenge, I understand. Obviously, I understand that. But oh yeah, Vader. I'm execution curious. very poor. If Vader knew who she was, I don't know why he let her in the Inquisitors. Like, was he just testing her to see if she actually well, he got wanted? some free labor? He got some free labor. He got some quality labor, honestly. Yeah, he did that. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, oh yeah, all but right. Maybe. I don't know, because she was obsessed with Obi-Wan, so maybe she he thought she'll bring me to Obi-Wan faster? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what his reasons were, but he knew who she was, bottom line. He knew the risk. He knew the risk. Yep. Uh, Anakin's evil on full display in this flashback shortly before his defeat. Uh, probably hours later to Obi-Wan. <laughs> Probably like mere yeah. hours after this. Um, some sad stuff here. Tala mm. sacrifices herself in the tunnel of Jabim to save Obi Wan. Blows rip, herself up. Man. Yeah, rip. rip. Big time rip. rip. Uh, epic though. Uh, really touching moment with the with the uh, loading robot. Um, yeah. That was some uh K two, some K two Rogue One vibes. Yeah, man. Uh, hey, I gotta say it was touching. Um, just like any Star Wars, you know, project tugs on the heartstrings a little bit. Um, and, that, yeah. and that's what it did. But I mean, it's for the greater good, and I, I think that's kind of what what molds Obi One Kenobi too. You know, we're seeing these things happen. You kind of understand why he was the way he was. You know, when you see him as as Ben uh, when he's older. So Ben Kenobi was instrumental in the Rebel Alliance. It's instrumental. Uh, let's see here. Obi-Wan knows Vader will stop at nothing until he catches him. They kind of they kind of play into the flashback during this where Anakin's talking about no mercy. And Obi-Wan plays off of this here because he knows he knows based off their last duel when he cut his legs off that he won't stop at anything until right. he gets what he wants like he'll do anything so he knows vader is not going to see the obstacles he's just going to see how he can get to what he wants faster so he knows vader's going to stop at nothing until he catches him obi-wan surrenders himself to reva convinces her to kill vader when she brings obi-wan to him and then Leia, who's been busy during this whole time, opens the escape doors after removing the tracker that Reva had put on the ship. Vader, an unbelievable Vader moment here. An unbelievable badass Vader moment here. Stops the escape ship 
with the force in midair. Yes. Unfortunately, it's a decoy, but still badass. And the the Obi Wan Kenobi Twitter account released a still of this, of him stopping the ship oh, in midair. I see that being Zach's new background shortly. Badass. Well, and the way he tear, he tore the ship ass. apart when he landed it. He tore it apart, ripped the doors off. It scared me. Saw yeah, saw it was empty, and then the real one takes off. But it was just as Obi Wan predicted. Just as Obi Wan predicted, he knows Anakin better than anyone, than any living person. He knows Anakin better than anyone. Man, what a scene. What a, what a sight. I mean, he's ripping open the doors, right? Getting to the hangar bay. Ship's taken off, brings it down almost immediately. Tears open yeah. the ship's hull. Just with the force, by the way. Yeah, no My lightsaber. goodness. My goodness. And, and, you know, they weren't done. They weren't done flexing his, his force powers. And just how, again, I feel like we're seeing, we're almost seeing peak Vader here. The peak of his powers. I mean, my goodness. Let's talk about it. Shoot. Let's just talk about it, man. I mean, Reva, after Vader watches the ship, after he realizes the decoy and the real ship flies away, Reva attempts to kill him from behind, but without even turning around, stops her lightsaber in mid swing overpowers her in seconds, splits her Inquisitor lightsaber in half. Like a twig. Like a twig, and then stabs her through the chest. Stabs her through the chest. He toys with her a little bit, though, before. Yeah, he lets her think. He's he's force-pushing around, and I mean, it's almost kind of comical to see. It's like, you're not even going to touch this dude. And then he starts, like, takes her lightsabers and, you know, he gives her one and takes it back. And I mean, just toying. Yeah, like, you don't want that smoke. You don't want that smoke, sis. (laughs) You don't want that. No. And, uh, yeah, she got what, uh, what was coming to her, unfortunately. She gets stabbed. The former Grand Inquisitor appears uh, and he reveals that they knew who she was all along and canon is not broken he lives I'm guessing that will be addressed in the finale here but Riva L Riva then finds a message from Bail Organa revealing Luke's location on Tatooine so we'll see what she does with that maybe try to get back into Vader's favor but I don't. Didn't, it, it doesn't. It wouldn't make sense because he doesn't know. He doesn't know he has kids. That's that's why I was so confused. Like, where is this going? And what's it matter? She's about to die. What's it matter that she well, finds it? I thought Vader was going to find it, and I thought that was going to be a really interesting storyline. They have to be careful. They have to be very careful because he doesn't. Right. He doesn't know. He doesn't. He's not made aware of Luke Skywalker until the original trilogy. He's like, and and Palpatine's the one that tells him, right? So, so that's why I'm like super curious. I don't know. I don't think so. But my next question for you was, any scenario where Reva lives? No, I don't think so either. No, I don't think. So. I think they're gonna wrap up the loose end. She she dies. She dies. Uh, we've been teasing it since the pilots, but Qui Gon. Qui-Gon Jinn 
we I'm going to say it now. We will see him. Oh, this is a guarantee. We will see. We will not just hear. We will see Liam Neeson in the finale. Oh, my. I'm booking it. We will see him. We will see him. Oh, my goodness. Qui-Gon Jinn will be seen for the first time in live action since episode one. Wow. Yes. I don't know okay. if I can go that sorry. I think we hear him. I'm booking it. Okay. We'll okay. See his ponytail self. You know, I'm not going to be upset. Give him his flowers. Qui-Gon Jinn. <laughs> Give him his flowers. You want this so bad. Killed by my favorite character. Now back. Back. I want it so bad. He discovered the secret to life after death. He needs to. He, we need to see him. Liam Neeson, we know you're not doing shit. All right. Just, just come back. And my last question for you. A Padme appearance? I think that'd be too much. Uh, yeah, miss me. I wouldn't be opposed, but I think it'd be too much. Yeah. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah. Uh, I saw a tweet about this quote, very famous Star Wars quote from Return of the Jedi that I didn't even think about. Will it be addressed or not? But here it is. In Return of the Jedi, when Luke is making a last effort to his father to come back to the light side before they head into the Emperor's throne room, Darth Vader responds with, Obi-Wan once thought as you do. Will this quote be realized? Will the events behind this quote be realized in the finale? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say absolutely. Obi-Wan is going to try and turn his friend, his former apprentice, back to the light. It's not going to work. Interesting. I could see it. I could see that. That would be an interesting arc. You're saying during probably we're getting an epic duel, folks. Okay. That's just yes. that's just how it's gonna happen. Uh so you're on saying Mustafar. probably during that on Mustafar. Yeah. Are I'm, you I'm going that? off? I'm not booking it. I'm saying it's it's not a bad assumption. Cause if you look at the concept art they released when they announced this show. They had they had a fight on Mustafar. They had a fight on Mustafar. So I'm saying there's a good chance. That would be interesting. But do you think his limbs are still there? <laughs> I don't think so. I think they they use them for a cookout. Oh. They use it for food. Rancor. Rancor food. I don't know. I don't know. Wings. Anakin wings. We're going to Mustafar. <laughs> Anakin contenders. Uh, no. I don't know. But Skywalker Nuggets. <laughs> Skywalker spare ribs. Uh, no, no, no. I'm no, thinking. No, no, no. I'm thinking we get the. I mean, Anakin. Obi Wan's gonna try. You know, he's gonna try. It's the Jedi way. You can't lose hope. Yeah. What? Nah. He's lost all hope. Come on now. He's getting it back. He just tried to. To make Riva. He didn't quit on Riva. It's true. You're right. He's getting it back. He sees the rebels actually might have a fighting chance. Like he sees Anakin's kids. He can't give up. Should I wait? Beginning of the series, yes. He had given up all hope. I mean, he buried the goddamn lightsabers. 
So, uh, he's going to fail, obviously, but we know how it ends. Yes. Who got it the worst? Going Riva. Thought she had it in the bag, and she it looks like she's going to die. Hmm. It's an interesting one. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do the same one. I mean, because, I mean, that is the worst. I mean, I'll, I'll say Tala. I think she deserved better. Uh, yeah. You know, blown up by a grenade. Rogue One-esque. Yeah, not the worst way, but, I mean, I, I think she deserved better. Definitely deserved better, I think. Blocking the back award for the most brainless decision. I'm going to go with uh, the Star Wars uh, editor room for not de-aging Hayden Christensen. (laughs) Again, I don't care as much, but still, come on. I expect quality content here. That was not quality content. You did better on Luke Skywalker, folks. Come on. Yeah, I did way better. Not even close. Give me a break. Give me a break, please. Yeah, give me a break, please. Uh, my block in the back. I gotta think about this. Oh. Block in the back. Probably uh, stormtroopers getting locked in the room with with Tala when she blew herself up. Uh, no surprise there. They suck. Uh, <laughs> surprise. I'm telling you, those helmets cannot help their vision because they haven't had a single shot in 40 years. Yeah, they still suck. I, I love that. That's kind of like the running joke of that the they, Star Wars they universe. Shot, yeah. yeah, it's 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 epic. Unless you were unless you're the It's like when they all switched to the to the, the dark side. They they like forgot how to shoot because they were epically yeah. good. You know, like right. the 501st, you know, the bad batch. Can't do you shit. know, they were epically good. Can't do shit. No. And then uh I'm borrowing this category since it was named after me. The welcome to the bungle. Yes, 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 yes. That is our new segment, folks. I introduced it on Linsanity uh, this past week. I did name it after Zach Griffith, given that this is one of his new terms that he likes to use. Welcome to the bungle. Welcome to the bungle. Uh, we talk about, I mean, it, it's really made for anything, but uh, I would assume this is going to apply to the episode where yes. anyone that bungles anything carries out a task foolishly, or I can't remember the other adjectives. Incompetently. Incompetently, yes. Uh, that would be description of a bungle. <laughs> so, folks, welcome to the bungle on Triple C. My bungle goes to Darth Vader. Darth Vader was so blinded by catching his former master that he didn't see that an empty ship was taking off when the real ship was only feet away. Bungled. He bungled a surefire capture. He could have ended it all. He could have ended a majority. What I'm guessing is a majority of the rebellion in one swift motion bungled by his blindness to get revenge. Okay, so here's my bungle. My bungle is is Bail Organa. (laughs) 
My here's why. So not only are you not supposed to send communication to Obi-Wan, not only that, but you also put in this message the location of Luke Skywalker. <laughs> so you have two of the biggest no basically a voicemail. Yeah, literally. <laughs> oh, by the way. And, and Luke on Tatooine. You could honestly you could you could say the bungle goes to Obi-Wan for losing his his voice machine. His voice, it, it, right? Double giving bungle it, here from giving Bill it to the and fake Obi-Wan. Jedi. It's a joke. It's a joke. Bungle, Bail. Come on, man. Give me a break. Bail, uh, an accomplished senator. Thought you knew better. Thought you knew better. <laughs> All right, our top five tonight. Our Star Wars top five tonight. This is very tough. Uh, very, very tough, dude. Very fun though. Yeah. Our top five Star Wars vehicles. <sighs> vehicles. This pains me. Can this I start with my honorable mentions? Hard. Yes, I was gonna say that because okay, I had a bunch. That she had a bunch. I have three. All right, there you go. Okay, I have three honorable mentions. <laughs> my first honorable mention: the Razor Crest from the Mandalorian. Yes. Hey, this thing's awesome. I love I love the ship. It's got everything a bounty hunter could ever want and need. Uh, one of my favorites, just seeing it. Second, honorable mention, snow speeders on Hoth. Them little things can go, man. That was also an honorable mention of mine. Dude, snow speeders are what's up. Dude, they okay. look cool. Did you have one when you were a kid? Did you have a little one? No, I did not. Oh, dude, I had one. Yeah, dude. Dude, they're badass. Awesome. Dude, flying them things through the air. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then my last honorable mention, TIE Fighters. Classic, also intimidating. Yeah. I think they're scary. And, and not to mention just a branch off that. Darth Vader's TIE Fighter. The best of the best. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Showing off the old the old pilot skills. Absolutely. Those are my three honorable mentions. I had a lot, but I'll only mention a couple. AT-AT. AT-AT. Very slow, but badass at the same time. Intimidating. Very intimidating. I see three of those coming at me. I'm like, fuck. Fuck. We might have to <laughs> retreat here. Battlefront, dude. Impossible to kill. Impossible well. to kill. AT-ST as well. The smaller version yeah. with the two legs. Those are just annoying, man. They're very annoying. They're very hard to kill. Uh, you see them a lot. On- Ewoks had no problem. Ewoks just use rocks and sticks and beat those motherfuckers. Very hard to kill in Battlefront, though. Very hard to kill. Oh, dude. The new Battlefront 2 as well. Very hard to kill. Star Destroyer. Honorable mention. Also just badass. Massive. Scary. Still scary. Scary as hell. Where do you go in at? How do you know where to go in at? (laughs) I don't know. You just fly under. Hopefully somebody opens the door. I don't know. I don't know. If you don't, I don't know. Uh, the Invisible Hand, which is General Grievous's ship in Episode Three, that they crash land, just a just a big ass ship. I thought it was cool. Uh, the Naboo N One Starfighter that had a cameo in Boba Fett, really cool. Yes, yes, yes. Anakin blew up uh, the Trade Federation uh, ship Epically. in Episode One with this. Uh. What's your number five, Bryce? 
My number five is actually the Naboo N1 fighter. Oh. Shockingly enough, I just think it's a cool design. Naboo can make um, a shit. Absolutely. Uh, the 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 N one fighter also has a lot of appearances in you know not only the animated realm but also in live action of course yes and then we're getting a little bit of a revival in the Mandalorian which is his new ship uh, with you know twin turbos I think a fly uh, so I think it's going to be featured more in Mandalorian season three we're getting a little bit of revival of the N one man I I like it I think it's just cool looking I think it's luxury I think it just screams uh, don't mess with me. Yeah. So I'm going with the the Naboo N1 fighter. That's my number five. Dude, think of how old that ship has to be when the Mandalorian takes place. Oh yeah. Like old and it's still hell. rocking. But it's like a it's like an old it's like an old Camry. <laughs> old yeah. faithful, dude. Old yeah. faithful. Never fails. It never fails. <laughs> my number five. General Grievous's wheel bike. <laughs> From episode three. Two General Grievous references here. Yeah, it won't be the last one either. Wow. No. Wow. This is actually, I only have one vehicle in my top five that was from the the Empire era. The rest of them are prequel era. (laughs) Which, I mean, prequel had, I feel like they had more variety of ships and vehicles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, General Grievous's wheel bike. This is seen on the. It's intimidating. That's intimidating. Yeah. Did you have the toy? I did. I did. I <laughs> yeah. I yeah, baby. I had the Grievous. He had the lightsabers. Yeah, baby. He had a cape you could take on and off. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. oh man, it was awesome. <laughs> also, side note: General Grievous's like bodyguards, intimidating as hell. They, I mean, they killed him pretty quick. But with those like spears they had, man. yeah, it almost gave me like throne room vibes. Yeah. So scene in episode three when he's running from Obi Wan and shortly before their their fight in my Star Wars encyclopedia. Oh boy! Maximum speed of two hundred and five miles an hour. Wow! The wheel bike. Wow! <laughs> Could you imagine getting run over by that thing? No. Some people he killed some people on this. That would suck. Yeah, he absolutely killed him. Bryce, your number four. My number four, the classic X-wing. Anytime you see an X-wing, you just get you get hopeful. You get hopeful, and not to mention Luke Skywalker could whip it. Could whip an X-wing, man. Could absolutely whip an X-wing. Classic, classic design. I think it's pretty cool. I think it even holds up today. I put it up against any starship that you want to put out on film, uh, any sci-fi, you know, starship that you want to put out there. Um, it's just cool, man. I really like it. I like the way the wings come out. Yeah, I like the cool. droid placement. I like the, it, you know, you're able to see inside the cockpit pretty good. Uh, love the X-Wing. It's very cool. It's one of the classics. It's one of the classic Star Wars ships. And you, you can never go wrong with it. It's probably the signature vehicle of the Rebel Alliance. But yeah. Bryce, I'm sharing my screen here because oh. I don't know if you... This was a ship that was featured in the Clone Wars only. Never made any live-action appearances. Okay. Wow, dude, you're digging deep. Yes. Here you go. Can you see that? It's It's loading. Oh, yeah, okay. The Malevolence... Oh wow! Look the at malevolence this. was. Look at this. Yeah, it was General Grievous's wow. 
flagship in uh in the Clone that thing Wars. is sweet, dude. It almost looks like Nero's ship from JJ uh, Abrams' Star Trek. Yeah, it's a, it's a badass ship. Uh, the Malevolent. That thing is sick, man. It was the flagship of General Grievous, armed to the fucking teeth, armed to the fucking. Oh, I'm teeth. sure. Massive, also from my encyclopedia. <laughs> Massive ion cannons give the ship quote from the book quote. An unprecedented destructive capacity with the release of expanding <laughs> waves of energy which disable any ships caught in their path, leaving them vulnerable to the ship's 500 turbo lasers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Unfortunately, the ship was destroyed by Anakin Skywalker, uh, but not before... It destroyed Plo Koon's entire fleet in the Clone Wars. Rip Plo Koon. Plo Koon deserved better. Deserved a better death. So yes, the malevolence. Um, only seen in the Clone Wars, unfortunately, but uh, still badass on the list. Bryson, your number three. My number three, Slave One. Yes. Uh, you can use it, you know, flat, or you can use it upright. It's so awesome. It holds up uh, through, you know, two generations. Look, still look cool in uh, in Book of Boba Fett. Uh, just an awesome ship. Back to cannons or uh, what, or back to tanks. Not mm-hmm. the tanks. What do they call them? Back to tank. Yeah, that, the ones that they drop in there that make the the, the crazy sound, man. Oh, the. Just, uh... The seismic charges. Yeah, the seismic charges. That's it. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Awesome ship, man. Awesome, awesome design. That's a great pick. That's my number two, Slave One. Okay. Okay. That's, that's when I think my number one will shock you. Actually, maybe not. I mentioned it today. Okay. But okay. Yeah, that's my that's my number two. My number three is the Republic gunship, which is All right. seen during the Battle of Geonosis, when the clones make their first appearance. Ah, oh, dude, I get goosebumps yes. every time. The clones make their first appearance. Yoda directing Yoda traffic. chilling. Yeah, baby, yeah. On the The Dooku fleeing. Jango Fett just freshly beheaded. The corpse is still hot. It's, oh, man, the ship kicks ass. Premiered in full force during the battle. See, that's that. I think that's why I like the Razor Crest because it, it resembles that sort of. Yeah, I had a Lego version of this. That's uh, sweet. I love how it looks. It's armed with four bubble turrets. Like, yeah, yeah, the bubble turrets, baby. Yeah, the lasers, the green light. Yeah, baby, Dude, the green lasers. Yeah, baby. In in Clone Wars, they went into this more where. Each like clone squad would paint it. They do a custom paint job on the ship. Um, oh yeah, baby. Um, I like the classic oh, red and white. But I do yeah, too. Goosebumps when they land on Tinosis and episode. Yes, three. sir. Yes, yeah. sir. What's your number two? I already said my mine. My number two is the ATAT. 
this made the list for me just because I think it's awesome, man. It's a, it's a brilliant design. Um, hard to take down unless you got the ships, uh, you know, with the, you know, the, unless you're the snow speeders, snow speeders, right? You, yeah, right. man. you got the cables, pull them around the, the legs and bring them down. I think that it also causes an epic explosion when they're destroyed, which gives me bon- which gives them bonus points in my opinion. Yeah. If you blow up cool. Great. Great. Yes. But super intimidating, man. I'd be scared. That's why they're number two for me. Absolutely. I already said my number two is slave one. My number one. Anakin's ETA two Jedi Starfighter. Yeah, you know, I'm not even gonna fight you on it, dude, because they're awesome. It was a tough omit for me. From episode three and the Clone Wars, most notably episode three. Um this is for those who don't know, this is the uh yellow ship. So Anakin is flying in the opening of Revenge of the Sith in the Battle of Coruscant. Oh, so epic. Uh, very, really easy to fly, I feel like. I feel like very maneuverable if I was a pilot. Uh, twin, hard to hit as a target. Very hard to hit. Twin lasers, you get R2 as a co-pilot. Absolutely. And speaking of uh, the TIE Fighters, Bryce, you mentioned the TIE Fighters. And yes. honorable mentions. The windshield design of this ship was carried over into the TIE fighter designs. Ah. So Anakin bringing, bringing a little something from the Republic days. Yes. To his Empire days, yeah. But this was my most used vehicle in LEGO Star Wars. The very first LEGO oh, Star no Wars. No surprise. No surprise. Uh, anytime there was a level where you had to be Obi-Wan and Anakin, I was always Anakin just so I could fly this. And I will always associate this uh, ship with Anakin Skywalker. Anytime I think of Anakin Skywalker, I'm going to think of this this ship. Absolutely. My favorite Star Wars vehicle, Jedi Starfighter. My number one, Zach, it's the good old Millennium Falcon, man. It's spacious. It's big. It's been through hell. Uh, It's proven, battle-tested. Not a piece of junk, as many people like to say during the Not during the films. Okay, the thing's epic, um, and I like my space on a ship. So yeah, yeah man. so yeah, Millennium Falcon, baby. Should have put that in my honorable mentions, of course. Embarrassing, Probably, you didn't. Embarrassing. It is embarrassing. Probably the ship of Star Wars, Millennium Falcon. Yeah, it's the most recognizable, definitely. Yeah. So, plugs, Bryson. Yeah, man, just tonight. insanity. Uh, we'll uh, we'll finish up uh, talking the NBA Finals, uh, and uh, we'll keep bringing NFL content to you. I don't know what we're gonna do after. We haven't talked about it a whole lot. Maybe we'll get more into a little more in depth on on NFL. You know, since that's gonna be the next thing coming up. Oh, yes. But uh, that's what we got going on. Very nice, very nice. All right, Obi Wan season finale next week. Stay tuned. And as always, folks, thank you very much for listening.